Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week, and the Combine is over as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 232. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell from NFL Films about one of the, the buzzwords surrounding the NFL right now, and it's come up a number of times here in Indianapolis at the Combine, and that's positionless players in today's game. All these guys that are flex running backs, versatile tight ends, positionless wide receivers, and then you go to the defensive side, the players that match up with them in coverage. It's a really, really interesting topic. Really excited to dive into it here with Greg. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into our chat now. It's time for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, well, excited to be joined here by a good friend of the show. You hear him every single week on the in the fall. That's Greg Cosell from NFL Films. Greg, uh, welcome back to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. Fran, good to be with you. So we're uh, we're here at the Combine for our yearly chat here on the show. And this year I wanted to go down a road that... This is a topic I feel is getting more and more discussed. It feels like every year because, uh, you know, you go back, I mean, even like 2015, 2016, I feel like start, people start talking more and more about positionless players on offense and on defense. So uh, I kind of wanted to go down that road with you here today because I feel like there's a number of players in this draft and really go, going into that have come into the league over the last couple of years that kind of fit that sure. mold um, and just talk about, you know, whether we're talking, you know, the Bill Belichick defensive fronts, guys that line up all over the place or, you know, offensive Swiss Army knives that uh, can line up everywhere and the coverage players that have to match up with them, uh, 12 personnel, 21 personnel, big nickel, big dime, all these buzzwords that we talk about all year long. Talk about what is positionless football? What, what, what is well, it at this, at this point in the, in, in the evolution of the game? I think it, it probably stands out a little more on defense. Yeah. Uh, although you make a good point about offense, and we'll get into that. Yeah. But I think it stands out a little bit more on defense, particularly in sub-packages mm-hmm. now. Because the game is played probably 65 to 70% league-wide where you're in some form of sub-defense, meaning you're playing with five, six, or even seven defensive backs. Right. So now what are you looking for? You're looking for players that can do multiple things. Because if you're going to play with five, six, or seven defensive backs, you need those defensive backs to be able to do a lot of different things. Sure. They need to be able to cover man-to-man, both tight ends, backs, at times wide receivers. Okay. You need them to be able to blitz. You need them potentially, depending on what the offense chooses to do, to be able to tackle in the run game. So you need them to do a lot of different things. They need to play zone coverage as well. So you're looking for players that have these kinds of skill sets. Mm. And that's become important in this league, players that can do those different kinds of things. And, you know, a player that comes to mind for me when I think of the NFL right now, before we start talking about guys in this draft, would be someone like Derwin James. Sure. You know, Derwin James plays a lot of different positions for the Los Angeles Chargers in their sub package, and he's he's really good at it. Mm. And I think that player has a great deal of importance now in the NFL. Yeah, I, I guess the guy in this draft that everybody is pointing to to f- be that guy is Isaiah Simmons. And Correct. I think most people say, oh, he's a linebacker. 
Uh, I know you feel a little bit differently about it, and, I, and honestly, I'm looking at. I'm still trying to figure out where do I, right. where can I best deploy him right. uh, in an NFL defense. Well, and then you start with a, with a couple of things. Obviously, there is a base defense. Yeah. So you have to decide where he lines where up. Where does in he your line up on defense. first and ten? Right, because you do have to teach him everything that goes with that, the techniques, the assignments, the everything that goes with with playing that position that you are deeming that he's going to play. Day one install in May for him. I think he's a safety. Okay. In a base defense. Yeah. But reasonable people disagree no, with that. No, and, I'm total, and I'm totally absolutely. fine with that. This yeah. is my person. I think if, you, if you're a team that plays with a good amount of split safety, particularly cover four quarters, he'd be an ideal cover four safety. Hmm. Because cover four safeties have a pass and a run responsibility. Sure. No question. Um, but... Then you get into your sub, and he's one of those guys. He can play in multiple spots and do multiple things. He yeah. can rush the quarterback. He can be a robber in right. coverage. Uh, you know, he can cut shallow crossers. Um, he'll be able to match up man-to-man to tight ends. Mm. There'll be some wide receivers he'll be able to match up to inside. Um, you remember the interception he made against Ohio State in the semifinal game. Yeah. That was, he was a retreating a retreating player because if memory serves me correctly they actually blitz off the corner and he was retreating to, to sort of play that that uh, back area sure and he reacted to the throw it was unbelievable right. i mean he can he can do all those kinds of things i mean look we talk about derwin james the chargers have the sixth pick in the draft can you imagine if the if isaiah simmons was there they drafted no, simmons no and have simmons and james playing on the same defense right so I guess that this is my question is like I remember when we didn't really have this discussion as much with Derwin but you go back a few a couple years earlier than that to like Miles Jack right. and you know Miles Jack uh, he played obviously he did things running back and special teams but he played safety he played outside of corner he played some linebacker that final year before the injury right. and there was all this talk about oh he could do he could do everything and he's for a your cautionary defense. tale right and he hasn't quite been that guy no, he hasn't. for Jacksonville so uh, I guess really to give fans like okay what do you need when we're talking about these kinds of players what are the questions you need to answer before you really kind of say, okay, this is the final stamp of what this guy can be in the NFL in your final report? Well, I think when you look at Isaiah Simmons, yeah. I don't think you're – he checks the boxes with his physical traits. That's mm. not the concern. Yeah. So then the concern becomes can he handle Mentally, all the assignments? Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot to handle. You know, right. you play different positions. Look, Tyran Matthew is a totally different body type, obviously, than than Isaiah Simmons. Sure. But Tyran Matthew is that same guy as well in the fact that he plays multiple positions mm. in your sub and plays them really well. You need to be able to handle that from a mental perspective. Yeah, that's um, the part that's not really talked about is that end No, of it. And, and you and I don't know Isaiah Simmons personally. Maybe he can handle it no problem. Maybe he can. We don't know the answer to that. Right. Um, but, yeah, you, you have to make sure a guy can do that. Now, it's, but Miles Jack is a cautionary tale. Now he's a Miles Jack's a different body type. Miles hmm. Jack is a thicker guy. You know, Simmons is a long rangey guy. He looks like a basketball player. Right. You know, Miles Jack does not have that kind of body type. So while Miles Jack was a really good athlete, he didn't have the body type where you truly. He's not going to match up with a bigger tight end and be able to hold in up space. in space. No. Yeah, right. No. So, and believe it or not, he's actually struggled. You know, they've used him as essentially a stacked linebacker in yeah. Jacksonville, and he's struggled to be good at that. So he's actually struggled as a pro. But I think Simmons is just a different breed of athlete. Mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, a couple of names that I've written down of, that, of guys that we 
kind of talked and said some similar things about Jabril Peppers coming out of Michigan, uh, started as a corner, played some safety, final year played linebacker, uh, has made that transition really, has been a safety right, right. during his career uh, in the and, NFL. And keep in mind, he's 5'11", 213 pounds. Uh, yeah, different body so type. So he's again. a different body type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shaq Thompson uh, was a safety uh, at Washington and was kind of asked to run around. Everyone knew oh, he's going to be a linebacker, but, but he can line up in the slot. He but can do those They used things. him over the last number of years, okay? And I don't know now with a new coaching staff in, in, sure. uh, in, Carolina. in Carolina what the plan is. They may not know yet either, yeah. but he was a slot corner for them. You, you, can, you know, you can call him whatever you want. He played over the slot right. numerous times. They stayed in their base defense quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, oh, it might, might have been two, three years ago. I, I can't remember the exact year, but they stayed in their what would be considered their base defense quite a bit versus three wide, mm. even on third down, and he was playing over the slot. Right. And Minka Fitzpatrick was another guy. Uh, another like, guy. Whether it was the, you know, the same kind of deal was, is he a safety? Is he a nickel corner? Is he an And outside he became corner? a safety in Pittsburgh, essentially. Right. I mean, he, he, he played safety. Yeah. He sort of became a one-position guy, you know, doing all the things a safety does, but he was not playing in the slot. So I guess that's my thing, is like we're, now we're talking about some of these guys that have been so polarizing and divisive the years that they were coming out. Right. What are they? They can do everything. You know, they, they can. This guy can revolutionize the position moving forward. We're talking maybe Derwin has kind of lived up to that, but Minka hasn't quite been that guy. He's been a he's great, a great he's a player, great player, but he was but, a safety once he was safety. traded to Pittsburgh. Yeah, and then you know we're talking right. Jabril Peppers right. settled in at safety. Miles Jack really settled in at linebacker. Like been used that way either. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's that's kind of because it's tough. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's you know. Look, and that's why, and it's no knock on Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. And, and clearly, of all the players we've just mentioned, he's the best athlete yeah. of the guys we've mentioned. Right. You know, just with his body type and his movement and his range, and, you know, he's the best athlete. But there's no guarantee. It's it's a tough deal. Right. Because guys have to be able to do a lot of things mentally. Yeah. There's a, a couple of other guys uh, in this class that I think offer similar kinds of skill sets. Um, you know, we're talking the small school ranks. You know, Kyle Duggar from Lenore Rhine, Jeremy Chin Who from I've Southern watched. Illinois. Ch Chin's an intriguing player. He's an, he's, you know, he played. He he was predominantly a quarter safety for them. Yeah. But he's got a skill set that you think could probably do a lot of things, given that he's six three. 220 pounds and an athletic kid. And he played some corner part-time as a junior as well. Okay. Yeah, so I mean that's in his background in right. terms of a guy that's got that kind of coverage ability. Saw him in one-on-ones down in Mobile against receivers in space and against wide held up. Yeah, and, and looked pretty, you know, held his own, more than held his own. So, um, well, you look think, at, I mean, I look at Xavier McKinney from Alabama yeah. who did everything for and reminded me uh, of um, Chancey, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson coming out of Florida right. last year. Yep. And Gardner Johnson did play three, four different positions for the New Orleans Saints this, this year, year and played them well. Did he so, play? What, so what? Where? How slot, was he used? Slot corner. Yeah. He played in the box. He played both split safety and he played post safety. Okay. So I mean, he he might have played some outside corner too. I'm mm. sure he did. Right. But so let's say he played five different positions. So. He did that well. Yeah. Um, so Xavier McKinney kind of reminded me of him when I studied McKinney. Mm. And then Delpit uh, from another LSU guy. as well. Yeah, can do a lot of different things and for And he's 6'3". He's another guy that he's not as freakish as, as Simmons. Right. But he's he's a little, because of that length and the movement, he's a little different than most. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time and, and watching these guys and, and the, projecting the college guys. The right, NFL. right. A decade plus ago, 
some of these guys are tweeners. Oh, they're, and then sure people would say they there. couldn't play in the league. Right. right. And it's evolved now to the point where now those guys, uh, not, instead of being tweeners, now they're, they're hybrids and they're do-everything players and, and they're, the positionless football comes into play. Well, and I also think because when you look at guys like that, people start to realize that, you know what, these guys are really good athletes. Right. So you got to find a place for them on the field yeah. because they're just good athletes. You yeah. can't leave good athletes off the field. Yeah. I, I, I get so intrigued by it from a front seven standpoint too because, uh, you know, you're looking at the front seven and there are so many guys every year where it's like, all right, this guy's an undersized edge who might have to move off the ball, you know. And you know, I remember uh, Hassan Reddick coming out of Temple a few Correct. years ago was that kind of a guy. But even you know, like um, Jamie Collins, right? So Jamie Collins coming out of Southern Miss, Anthony Barr when he was at UCLA, uh, Kyle Van Noy when he was at BYU, Rashawn yep. Evans even a couple years ago from Alabama uh, started as an edge, then moved off the ball, and now at Tennessee he's well, he's, they use him in multiple ways, yeah, by the way. Yeah. No, and, he's he's a stack backer in their base, and he's a he brushes all from different spots as, as a first-level defender right. very often when they're in their sub. Sure. So I, I guess, uh, you know, I think you're, you're still seeing that part of, yep. you know, positionless football being used in the, in the front seven and in some schemes more than others, right? I mean, uh, some schemes, look, they just they kind of line up. Everybody lines up in their spots and they go. But, right. Uh, you know, you see some schemes. I know I mentioned earlier the, the Belichick tree defensive fronts. You, know, you might see Trey Flowers lined up at nine technique, three technique, zero technique, five technique, four Correct. eye, like all over the place uh, on both sides of the formation. Um, you know, and I, that versatility uh, now is a huge asset for It's a guys. huge asset. There's no question, and, yeah. and I think that has to be taken into account when you evaluate players. And, and even at the college level, you do see a lot of defensive linemen moving around a little bit. Not yeah. all of them, right. but you do see some move around a little bit. Yeah, I think that as teams, especially, you know, you talk about the matchup of defensive line versus offensive line and trying to find those mismatches. Uh, I think defensive coaches now are starting to get a little bit more creative in terms of you know, we've talked about it for so long with Brandon Graham being able to slide inside. You know, they use his speed against right, guards. Right. Um, you know, I think a lot of teams now are trying to find ways to be able to get, you know, watch the Packers with Zadarius Smith. All right, we're going to move him around and use him as a joker. Well, a lot of teams do this. So, exactly. I mean, I, mean it's, it's, it, I think of the Vikings. I was actually talking with Ben Lieber earlier. Yeah. Uh, today does Vikings work, former player, and I know him well. And you know, we were talking about the Vikings when they go to their sub, and their front is then. Daniel Hunter, it's Griffin, it's Weatherly, and it's uh, Adenabo. Yeah, I mean, right. it's basically four defensive, four defensive ends. ends. Yeah, that, I mean, the NASCAR yeah, that, package that's the Giants what, in years That's ago. what yeah. teams do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, when you, you get into that talk of positionless football, certainly uh, carries over there. Um, go over to the offensive side. I think the guy that everybody that everybody's buzzing now about Debo Samuel, and we we saw him here last year. Right, uh, was a, the 36th overall pick uh, out of South Carolina. Huge part of the San Francisco 49ers and that offense as they go to the Super Bowl. And Kyle Shanahan used him in so many different ways. Um, now everyone's like, who's the next Debo Samuel? And they point to guys in this draft, whether it's uh, you know Lavisca Chenault and Brandon Ayuk, and there are some other guys as well that are a little bit lesser known. But Antonio Gibson. Yeah, Antonio Gibson, right? Fascinating I mean, those, guy out of Memphis. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, those guys that are you know wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver, you know, in the depth chart, but have running back bodies that you know can be moved around and used in a variety of ways. What does that kind of guy mean for an offense in today's NFL? Obviously, it, it depends on the coordinator, but what does he mean overall? And well, then I league? think it depends on your offense. Sure. Because when you watch the 49ers, and and maybe this is just my sense, I don't know how you feel, but when I see Debo Samuel on a on an orbit reverse or on a jet sweep. I don't view that as a gimmick play for them. I view that as an extension and expansion off of their base concepts. Because right. very often they'll do an orbit reverse off um, 
a gap scheme run look or a zone run look, and yeah. it looks essentially the same. So whereas other teams, when they do that, you kind of say, oh, that's kind of a gimmick play. Mm. So I think it depends on how you structure your offense and how you build upon your offense. But I think more and more teams will do those kinds of things because that misdirection element is so hard for defenses to deal with. Mm. Yeah, I, the other team I think of is uh, Carolina. You know, you look at Curtis Samuel and how, right, how he's right, used. Right. Uh, DJ Moore even, uh, a guy that we talked about a lot last year, uh, was Jalen Hurd, and it was like, who didn't get a chance? He was hurt this year, right? This year for right. San Francisco, but like, is he a wide receiver? Is he a running back? He ran for a thousand yards in the SEC in, as, as a freshman. Uh, is he a tight end? Is he an H back? What, what is he? And to me, he goes to San Francisco. We'll see what he is here in 2020 um, in terms of how he's used. But a guy that can I mean, wear, he, wear a lot his of hats. Last year he was at Baylor, right? Yeah, Baylor. His yep. last year at Baylor, he was a, basically a slot, slot receiver. receiver. sure. But he did have runs yeah. where he was an eye back. Yep. And he had power runs and he had zone runs as an eye back because obviously that's what he was coming out of high school going to Tennessee. Yeah, and I think this just it, – it all kind of, to me, circles back to conversations that we had last year. You know, obviously the, the Eagles select Dallas Goddard in the second round and there was a ton of talk about 12 personnel, one back, two tight end. What does that look like? What does that mean for the Eagles offense? And, you know, uh, when you talk about versatility and what that means out of that package, it means you know, when you come out with that group, the offense or the defense doesn't know, are you running the ball? Are you passing the ball? What, what are you going to do? You're going to keep them on your toes. And when you have those kinds of guys and going back to San Francisco and what they've been doing uh, with Kittle, with Juszczyk, uh, all those guys, at any, any given point, those guys can line up in a number of different spots and beat you in a lot of different ways, used in so many different elements. Well, because it's, as we know, a copycat league, it'll be interesting to see what teams do because two things the 49ers did this year that not a lot of teams do. Number yeah. one, they lined up with a fullback. Yeah. When Juszczyk played because he missed four or five games, when he played, they lined up in 21 personnel, two backs, yep. something like 45 46% of the snaps. Yeah. Not a lot of people do that. And number two, no team used shifting and motion more than the 49ers. Right. So we'll see if, because they were successful, and you could argue they were successful running the ball without the so-called big-time back, mm. if teams now think in, in tactically in terms of what the Niners did, and we'll see. Yeah, Because not guy, everybody has Patrick Mahomes, so you, it's tough to look at the Chiefs and say, well, they're going to copy the Chiefs. The only thing people might look at is think speed, yeah. but everybody's always wanted speed. That's not a new idea. Yeah, sure, and one of the other guys that's I mean, one of the most talked about players this offseason so far uh, has been Taysom Hill. Obviously a, a unique skill set in terms of uh, what, he, you know, what he brings and uh, was in a unique situation there in New Orleans with, uh, with Drew Brees, but uh, you look at him and kind a player like that, how he right. can be used, right. uh, I think that adds to the discussion as well. No question. And then you get into players like that. How many snaps do you use them in a given game? Right. Uh, you know, I mean, Hill obviously played quarterback. Yep. You know, some of these other guys we've spoken about, you know, whether it's Antonio Gibson from Memphis, they're not quarterbacks. Mm. So Hill does add that layer that you don't have with a lot of guys. Yeah. The last, you know, from when we're looking at the running back spot and talking about guys who are versatile, quote unquote, you know, uh, thinking of the, the big time guys like Christian McCaffrey, he lines up. Up everywhere, Alvin Kamara, Tariq Cohen. Uh, I think guys that are on the come, like a Tony Pollard, can line up in a number of different sure. spots. I think Antonio Gibson, we talked about earlier from Memphis this year, will be in that discussion. When you have backs like that that can be lined up everywhere, and you start to say, okay, let's, we saw this with Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard this year, let's do some two back stuff right. with those guys. What, what does that mean for an offense? What, what are the, some of the ways that they can be used to their advantage? Well, in an ideal world, if you're going to line up in two backs, okay, what you're counting on is that the defense is going to play base. Yeah. 
And then if you can be multidimensional formationally, and if those backs have that kind of ability where they can be receivers to some degree, and I'm not talking about check down receivers mm. or screen receivers, I'm talking about where they can actually run routes. We know Miles Sanders can run routes. Right. We certainly know that pr pretty much any back can run a wheel route. Sure. And that's a, that's a route. Um, then you're hoping to put a defense at a matchup disadvantage sure. because you're hoping that a Miles Sanders, if he's going to have to be matched up to a linebacker, is going to win against a linebacker. Mm. Or you're hoping, and then this comes down to protection, but I remember that touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings where you had two backs on the field and Sanders ran the eight seam, but he runs it from the backfield. Right. And it, obviously protection becomes critical. Of course. But normally defenses do not respond real well to a back running a vertical route because they're not immediate vertical threats when they're in the backfield. Right. So it, it, at times it can catch the defense. Mm. And I think I remember that specific play. Uh, it was Kendricks, Eric Kendricks, who sort of got caught. It was a great coverage linebacker. It was a great coverage linebacker, but he got yeah. caught. Yep. Because he didn't necessarily anticipate Sanders running a vertical route out of the backfield. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, he's, I got to turn and run with him. Sure. And he was done. Yeah. You know, so I think that it gives you that extra element. Uh, to your offense as well, that backs that can run vertical routes from the backfield. Yeah, and I guess the key to that, if you have a set like that, is to make people respect the fact that you still can run the ball. Don't you? You, you mentioned you want, you want them to get into base. They're only going to get into base if you feel like. Well, no, run. you put do that on first and ten or second and four yeah. when it's sort of normal down in distance, and you anticipate based on film study, yep. and that's how this is done, that the defense will be in base. Yeah, you go back to the Buffalo game, uh, Miles Sanders' long touchdown run out of, came out of two backs. Two backs, yeah. And Jordan Howard was the lead fullback, was the lead full, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you want to have that kind of versatility yeah. from that position group. No, so, I mean, these, look, it's always cyclical. Defenses start to do more things. Offenses start to do more things. Mm. I mean, that's, it'll always be like that. Yeah. And you can do... If you're talking the run game, you can be as expansive as you want. Pass game, you can do anything you want as long as you can protect. Yep. As long as you can protect, you know, it's like the RPO game. Sure. You know, I've talked with coaches who say, you know, because we think about the RPO game as being quick throws. You yeah. know, three-step, the ball's out. And I've had conversations with coaches that say, hey, you can do anything you want with the RPO game. If you can protect longer, right. however you choose to do it, then you can start adding some deeper routes. So right. you're going to start seeing that. It's all... You know what you can do, and, and just really your imagination, and what you want to do. Yeah, I think that uh, Mike Mayock. He spoke earlier this week uh, on Tuesday, and he really kind of summed it up best, and just kind of talking about his own division. He said, "Look, if you look around our division, we've got Travis Kelsey, uh, you've got Hunter Henry, uh, you've got Noah Fant, who was drafted in the first round last year. You look at the tight ends in this group; these, those are all versatile, athletic players at the tight end spot um, that can be used in a lot of different ways." We need guys that can match up with them. Who do you have that can match right. up with that? Who's big and long and athletic? athletic. Uh, and you look at, just kind of circling back, you look at a guy like Isaiah Simmons. You look at guys like uh, Derwin James. James. Uh, you know, that Maybe have the Grand Delpits, 6'3". Yeah, right. yeah uh, you know, that have that ability uh, to match up with those players. So as the offense is looking for positionless uh, players, the defense has to try and find them to match. Uh, it's, it's all part I mean, of the Fran, how match. long has it been? I mean, I'm not saying that this just started five years of ago. Of course, yeah. But, but how long has it been really since the tight end as the boundary X on the backside of trips has been pretty much now what everybody yeah, does. I mean, it hasn't been 20 years since no, that's it happened. No, ha it has not. I mean, you go back to, like, was when Antonio Gates was coming out in the mid-2000s. He wasn't really a boundary He X. wasn't necessarily that. What about, I mean, Jimmy Graham when he, he first was came in? He was at times. And so that's probably, probably the guy, Yeah, right? yeah. 
So, I mean, like I said, nothing is the fr- like. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, Jimmy Graham was the first ever, right, because course, you know yes. we know that that's not the right, way it is. Right, yep. But I'm talking about where it became pretty much just part of the league. Yeah. So, I mean, even something like that, yep. and, and we're not saying that that X is now that tight end's positionless, but you know, defensively, you were making the point. You need to be able to match up to that yeah. because if you can't, then it starts to limit your offense, right. your options defensively. So, I guess like, you know, most teams, they come in and they say, okay, well, we have a big dime defensive back, you know, right. the, uh, that can come in. He's going to come off the bench. He's going to play 12 snaps a game in those situations to be able to match up. That's the beauty of having a Derwin James, of having, in theory, an Isaiah Simmons. Simmons is correct. You stay, you get to play less personnel packages. You're honing in the playbook, and you can still play however you want and match up however you want. Correct, because you don't have to compensate for the fact that you can't match up. That's the that's that's really what you're trying to get to. Correct, the right. The defense. Is, correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's going to be fascinating, man, as the game continues to evolve, and we'll be talking about it every week here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade this fall. Greg, thanks for joining us once again here, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Thanks, Trent. Great stuff from Greg, and you can follow him on Twitter just like I do, at Greg Cosell. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That is one way to support the show, but the other is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, give us a rating, leave us a comment. And I wanted to give a shout-out to someone who did just that. FloydFan73 left a five-star review saying that they loved the combine preview with Brent Calloway and Brian Callahan. Not just nuts and bolts technique enhancements, but also insights into the impacts on players as human beings. Best NFL podcast out there. Floyd fan, really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for the rating and for the comment and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Great stuff this week from Greg Cosell and all of you out there listening whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play and of course on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you. And again, one more time, just take a few seconds. Go leave us a rating, leave us a comment wherever you listen. Leave a question on there as well. We'll answer it here on the show. Sometimes we even turn that question into the full topic, a full subject here on the the podcast. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle on the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novocare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.